Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin with new demands for immediate reform at the state's Employment Development Department, which is in charge of providing unemployment benefits to Californians who've lost their jobs. Those demands are coming from more than 60 California lawmakers in a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin has more. The letter follows last week's tense assembly oversight hearing where EDD admitted to more than a million outstanding claims and that they have no clear plan to resolve most of them. Newsom has announced a strike team to look into issues at the agency, but some lawmakers are skeptical that it will actually help. So they've asked the governor to institute immediate payments to applicants and allow for retroactive certification for those benefits. As they wait to be paid, many Californians also face a likely end to the state's eviction moratorium within weeks, and even those who are getting payments have reduced pandemic assistance starting this month. For the California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin.
In Washington, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says additional unemployment payments for people who lost their jobs are crucial as the country tries to deal with the economic fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr has details on Pelosi's remarks. Pelosi spoke about ongoing negotiations over the latest COVID-19 relief package during a virtual event with the Public Policy Institute of California. She said one of the sticking points between Democrats and Republicans is whether to renew the $600 a week federal unemployment benefits on top of state benefits for people who lost their jobs in the pandemic. Tens of millions of people have filed for unemployment insurance. So we really do need the federal government to put that money in the pockets of the American people. Pelosi said there's also disagreement about additional money for state and local governments. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. The U.S. Census Bureau will now end its counting efforts on September 30th. That's a month earlier than previously announced. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler says this puts local census efforts in San Diego, already constrained by the pandemic, under even more pressure to get the count done quickly and accurately. The census count had been extended to October 31st to help census takers accommodate for social distancing during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the Census Bureau is shortening that extension by a month. It says it's doing so to make sure the count is done by the end of the year. Local organizations have been pushing for an accurate count to make sure federal funding gets to under-resourced areas. They believe the move is meant to depress the count in immigrant neighborhoods. We're used to being disenfranchised and having to move fast, and hopefully we'll be able to make sure that we get an accurate count. Brenda Diaz is with the nonprofit Mid-City Community Advocacy Network, which has been spearheading census efforts in the City Heights neighborhood. It's an area with a large population of immigrants and refugees. We're talking about trillions of dollars, right, if our communities are not counted. It's a trillion dollars over the next 10 years, which we won't have for health care, emergency services, education, even school meals for, for, for the future generations. Right now, City Heights' self-response rate is at 59.5%. With government census takers set to visit homes that haven't responded yet starting next week. On the whole, the county's self response rate is 68.9%, currently outpacing 2010's self response rate. For the California Report, I'm Max Revlin Adler in San Diego. In Los Angeles, the county's COVID 19 cases are growing by more than 2,000 cases a day, but the real number may be much higher. As KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, technical issues on the state level may have led to an underreporting of cases for the last two weeks. Usually, the laboratory doing the COVID 19 testing sends the names of positive patients to both the state and county health departments. Now, that system isn't working. The issue is that the feed is not 100% complete, and nobody's really sure how many cases are being dropped. In a reversal of the normal process, Barbara Ferrer, director of the county's health department, encouraged Angelinos who test positive to contact the county so that contact tracers can keep up. The labs report that information to a provider and in some cases directly to a patient. That is not part of this data collection system that's interrupted and not working so well. Ferrer said they are double-checking the data and creating their own system. They should have an accurate count by the end of the week. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Partisan leanings are a major factor driving Californians' views about the coronavirus pandemic. That's according to a new survey. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. 
The poll from UC Berkeley finds that Democrats and no-party preference voters overwhelmingly believe the state moved too quickly to ease pandemic-related restrictions on businesses. Those groups also believe masks are effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19. But a strong majority of Republicans say the business restrictions needed to be lifted because of the damage they were doing to the economy. And more than half of GOP voters are skeptical about masks, with 21 percent saying they're not effective at all. The survey of more than 8,300 registered voters conducted last month also finds just 14 percent of voters support a full return to in-person schooling, with a plurality of Republicans and Trump supporters favoring in-school instruction. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. On yesterday's show, we took you to a pop-up COVID-19 testing site in San Francisco's Mission District. It's a predominantly Latino neighborhood and one of the hardest hit by the coronavirus. Research shows that Latinos make up 15 percent of the city's population, but half of all its COVID cases. Data like that has helped activists convince public health officials that they need more tests. At the front of a line waiting to get tested were two sisters, Teresa Passion and Aida Ibarra. They run a business making tortillas and masa called La Palma Mexicatessen, and they were there with almost their entire staff getting tested together. Well, we have a fairly large crew of essential workers, and um, before COVID, we were open seven days a week. Now we're open six days. So we just thought... um, My sister and I thought it was essential that all of us workers be tested as a group. And um, their first response was, are you guys going? You know, we said, of course, we're going to do this as a team, Uh like the team we are together. You know, and you're online together. There's 25 of you. There, there might be a little I bit. There's a little bit. More. I think there's a little more. I think we're closer to 30. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. There's 30 of us. Uh, we're all in line. Um, you know, I, we both of us got here early, so we can show a support that you know that this is very important to us. Well, why do you think it matters that you come? Well, to show them that it's important, to show them that you're not to have fear, because I'm sure this is a fear of an unknown for everybody. This is the first time anybody's lived through a pandemic. Also, um, to support them that, you know, we are just like them. We we were worried about their health. is paramount to anything, to to business, you know, Their, their health and their families, because they are essential workers. So I know... A lot of them, their spouses are home, their kids are home. So when they come home from work, I'm sure there's a little bit of fear in their families that they've been working with the public. But um, in, in with that said, we're very, very, very cautious at work. Everybody changes gloves all day, face masks. We're very, we've always been very vigilant on cleaning. Oh, it looks like we're advancing in the line here. So what happened? Did you shut down your business? Yeah, for a few days we did. We're cleaning right now. Um, we're putting up some more plexiglass. I think this thing has escalated. But I think that was the main thing of everyone getting tested at the same time. Because since everyone is off, let's see, you know, you know, uh, what the outcome is. And then from there, we'll, we'll figure out what we do uh, business-wise. That was Teresa Passion with her sister Aida Ibarra. They're the owners of La Palma Mexicatessen in San Francisco's Mission District. And after closing for a few days of cleaning, their business has been able to safely reopen. Finally this morning, ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft are being... Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just... What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.